Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, tonight we are starting a new series and uh, it's an important series because it's called The Voice. And obviously that's very apt for us right now because in Adelaide and around Australia, we've started The Voice on television. So I thought, you know what? Uh, you can sit at home, watch The Voice, or you can come to church and we can hear about hearing the voice of God. And that's what this whole series is about. And it's really important uh, series because I believe God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. God is not a God that you have to uh, go to a little confessional and you have to have a man mediating between you and God. You have direct access to God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son and He longs to talk with you. In actual fact, right throughout the Scriptures, we see and hear and read these words. God said in the beginning... God said, let there be light and there was light. God said, let there be plants and there were plants. God said, let there be animals and there was animals. God said, let there be sun and there was a sun. Let there be the moon and there was a moon. And He threw stars and called them stars. And and He did all these incredible things. And He spoke and He spoke and He spoke. And the Scriptures are full of God speaking to us. Why? Because God's desire has always been to make Himself known And He makes Himself known through His Word. Everyone say, His Word. word. See, you and I have been created to have relationship with Him. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be communication. Turn to the person next to you and say, communication. Because communication for it to take place needs to be two-way. And without communication, there can be no relationship. Here's the problem with communication it can be really easily misunderstood. How many know what I mean? I mean, I love my wife dearly and we've been married for 25 years. And I gotta be honest with you, as much as I love her, uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't always hear her. And I don't always understand her. Just keeping it real for all the guys out there. In actual fact, The advice I give to all young men that desire to be married, particularly those that are in the lead up to the wedding day, this would be my advice to them. And I say this, I sit them down and I have a deeper meaningful with them. And I say that there are two things, guys, that you must understand about women. The problem is nobody knows what they are. But that's what makes it an adventure and that's what makes marriage so much fun because over time we get to know each other. And I've got to be honest with you, I've been together with Kath in our dating years and our marriage years for 35 years and I've got to know her. I mean, when Kath rings me, I don't say, oh, who's that? I know her voice. And the more time we spend together, the easier it becomes to understand each other and to hear what one another is saying. And I believe it's true when it comes to hearing the voice of God. The longer we walk together with Him in a relationship, and can I just categorically say that Christianity in its purest, simplest form is a relationship with God. 
It's not a religion of rules and regulations of what you must do and what you must not do. That is not New Testament Christianity. The thing that separates Christianity from every other religion on the planet today is that Jesus came to earth. God visited us. God came to us. Every other religion has its roots in us trying to get to God. But Christianity will have none of that. Christianity was God's initiative. And it was God who came down from heaven to earth in order to have a deep and meaningful relationship with us. And I believe that over time, hearing the voice of God does indeed become easier and easier. And the longer you walk with Him, the more you know His ways, the more you know His nuances. I've said this many times before, but Kath can be sitting on the front row and she can give me a look. And without saying a word, I know exactly what that look means. Usually it means shut up, finish, get home. We want to go. You know what I'm saying? But I know what she's saying, even without a word being spoken, because we've done life together and we've spent time together. Can I just say this categorically? I've never heard the audible voice of God. But I have learnt to tune into God's Word. I have learnt to tune into God's voice. I don't know if, uh, and I imagine most of us would have a radio in the car, but that radio is of no value to you unless you tune it in to a station. If it's not tuned into a station, and some of you who are my age and a little bit older would know how difficult that used to be when you were driving the car trying to tune the radio on the station and you're just kind of just getting it there and you'd almost have an accident and then it got off the station and it's fuzzy. How many know what I'm on about? Now it's just way too easy to push a button. But back in the day, you had to kind of be, you had to be a master, like a, a, a radio ninja, making sure you just got it just right. Otherwise, this incredible piece of technology called a radio was rendered useless because it wasn't tuned into a station. And I thank God for His Word. I thank God for every Bible that's in this place tonight. But that Bible will have no value in your life unless we learn how to tune into the voice of God, learn His ways. Because I I believe that miscommunication is one of the greatest problems when it comes to hearing His voice. In actual fact, I read just this week in part of my devotional time in John chapter 12 where the Father spoke over His Son, Jesus, And God was definitely speaking. And it's amazing the reaction of most of the people there. It said the people thought it thundered. And some said an angel had spoken. But most people missed actually what was taking place because they weren't tuned into the voice of God. So God was speaking, but most of the people there missed what God was saying. We need to tune into what God is saying. And this is a really important subject at any time in the year, but particularly for the month of June, because as Kath's already mentioned, June is our legacy month. In this church, we have three major focuses, and that is the church, community and kingdom. We believe in order to fulfil our mission, we need to establish and build the local church. And through the local church, the local church is the goose that lays the golden egg. All the good things that we want to do into our community and all the things we want to do beyond the community, which is kingdom, come from and stem from having a healthy, whole, sane local church. And so every, month, every year, and we've changed the time of year, 
And we've changed the name of this particular month. We used to call it Heart for the House and we did this Heart for the House month in September. But last year I mentioned that we're going to be changing the name to Legacy and we're going to be doing it in June. And June is that opportunity for us to hear God and, and, and pray about and seek His face as to how we might be able to finance these three focuses as a church. This is a time of the year where we give over and above our regular giving. And I am so grateful to God for all the incredible things He's done through our church. And uh, I, I want to say thank you for all of you who are actively involved in giving and actively involved in our legacy giving. I want to thank you. But I know there's many, many. In actual fact, the biggest majority of our church are not part of our legacy giving team. And we would love to see that grow this year. Not, not that uh, we may have more money to boast that we've got more money, but so that we can do more in these three focuses, that we can do th more through the church, that we may more do more into our community and more in building the kingdom of God. And this I know, God is committed to building His church and He's committed to building and blessing the community and building His kingdom on planet Earth. And so this I know, God will speak to you and desires to speak to you about how we may partner in this legacy month and what we may be able to give. And so I think this is an incredible time for us just to be able to take stock and truly hear what it is that God is saying to us. Because one thing we don't want to do as a church is twist your arm. One thing we don't want to do as a church is, is bring condemnation or guilt upon you in order to give. No, we want you to grow up and mature and, and become more like Christ who is in tune with God and only ever did what he saw his father doing. And so our desire is that we'd be a people that could grow up and actually hear God for ourselves. Amen. And so I, I want to um, read a portion of Scripture. And it's one that many of us would be familiar with. Indeed, I, I'm so familiar with the Scripture. I actually thought I'd read it from a different translation in order to try to capture our imagination afresh. The trouble is, as I read this, I'm going to have to slow down because I'm so used to reading it in another translation. I've just got to discipline myself this morning. So instead of reading it from the traditional NIV that I normally would read from, I want to read from the Passion Translation, which is a, a newer translation uh, on the market. And I know particularly a lot of our younger guys really do love that. Some of our older guys do. But, but it just has a great way of explaining the same truths, but in a new, fresh way. And so in Luke chapter 8, verse 4, it says this, Massive crowds gathered uh, from many towns to hear Jesus. And he taught them using metaphors and parables such as this. A farmer went out to sow seeds for a harvest. As he scattered the seeds, some of it fell on the hard pathway and was quickly trampled down and unable to grow and became nothing but bird seed. Some fell on the gravel and though it sprouted up quickly, it couldn't take root. It withered for lack of moisture. Other seed fell where there was nothing but weeds. It too was unable to grow to full maturity, for it was choked out by the weeds. Yet some of the seed fell on good soil, fertile soil, and it grew and flourished until it produced more than a hundredfold harvest, a bumper crop. Then Jesus added, shouting to all who would hear, listen with your heart and you will understand. Sounds pretty good, yeah? But this is what I love about disciples. The disciples didn't always get it. And they had this incredible opportunity to be with Jesus and he would explain further some of the meanings of those stories, parables. And so in verse 9 it says, Later his disciples came to Jesus and asked him privately what deeper meaning was found in this parable. He said, You have been given a teachable heart to perceive the secret hidden mysteries of the kingdom's realm. 
But to those who don't have a listening heart, my words are merely stories. Even though they have eyes, they are blind to the true meaning of what I say. And even though they listen, they won't receive full revelation. Verse 11, Jesus said, Here then is the deeper meaning of my parable. The Word of God is the seed that is sown into hearts. The hard pathway represents the hard hearts of men who hear the Word, but the slanderer quickly snatches away what was sown in their hearts to keep them from believing and experiencing salvation. The seed falling on the gravel represents those who initially respond to the word with joy, but soon afterward, when a season of harassment of the enemy and difficulty come to them, they wither and fall away, for they have no root in the truth and their faith is temporary. The seed that falls into the weeds represents the hearts of those who hear the word, but their growth is quickly choked off by their own anxious cares, the riches of this world and the fleeting pleasures of this life. This is why they never become mature and fruitful. The seed that fell on good soil, fertile soil, represents those lovers of truth who hear it deep within their hearts. They respond by clinging to the Word, keeping it dear as they endure all things in faith. This seed is that one day will bear much fruit in their lives. How does that sound? Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we just thank You for Your Word. And I pray that through Your Word today, you would open the eyes of our heart that we might hear you more clearly than we've ever heard you before and understand you in ways we've never understood you before and as a result have a deeper, greater relationship with you like we never have before. And I ask all of these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, it's time to rep my youth merch. There we go. This is uh, taking it to the streets. It's a winter project. Number. So, how's that look? All right. WP, WP. Uh, anyway, back to our preach. A little bit of background in order to understand this parable, because when Jesus told parables, he was brilliant at exegeting and connecting with the culture. Uh, unfortunately, most of us are not farmers and we don't go sowing seed uh, uh, too often these days. But uh, in that time, it was very relevant. But when Jesus was talking about a farmer that would sow his seed, he was talking about uh, broadcasting seed. Do, do you know what that is? That's when the farmer would get a large hand scoop of, of seed and just, just throw it out. And uh, in throwing out and broadcasting the seed, uh, he, would, uh, make, he would make sure that the seed went into the good soil. But in getting it into the good soil, it would land on the pathway. It would land where the weeds are. It would land where the gravel is. And so seed would go everywhere, hoping that the majority would go in good soil and produce a hundredfold harvest. But the reality is when you're broadcasting, I don't know if any of you have ever done that. I've had a few opportunities to do that where we've had bare patches of grass and, and they said, get some uh, seed and just make sure you broadcast it. It's like some, I don't know what broadcasting is. I'll just, just try that. And so, but I, I found that uh, I, it went everywhere. And that's what's happening here. You've got these farmers broadcasting their seed and it was kind of going everywhere. And Jesus used that as a moment to teach into it. And He talked about the uh, seed being like the Word of God. The seed in this parable is the Word of God. And what I love about this parable, no matter where the seed landed, it was the same seed. And I want you to know that the Word of God does not change. 
The Word of God is the same in Australia as it is in Europe, as it is in Asia, as it is in Africa, as it is in the Americas. It's the same Word of God. In actual fact, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, the primary way in which God speaks is through His Word. If you want to hear God's Word, if you want to know what He's saying, if you, know what, if you want to know His heart, I would say, make sure you're reading your Bible on a regular basis. It's the primary way in which He speaks. Yes, He can speak through dreams. Yes, He can speak through angelic visitation. He can speak in many crazy ways. He can speak audibly directly to you. But I tell you, none of those other ways will violate at any time the Word of God that is written. It's the Word of God that is the same no matter where it is. In actual fact, Paul, the great Apostle who wrote much of the New Testament said, if there's an angel that would dare say something that's contrary to the Word of God, let him be eternally condemned. Such was the conviction that Paul had that the written Word of God is the most powerful form of God's Word that there is. So if you want to hear the voice of God, I would say develop a healthy reading of the Word of God. I thank God as a 15 year old kid, I made a decision to read my Bible on a daily basis. And it's so good as our kids have got older and with the advancement of technology, we have an opportunity to be online with one another and we get to see what each other's reading and we get to see what each other is journaling, uh, which is an accountability factor. But it's also a time of discussion. I thank God that we can read as a family the same passage of Scripture. And yet when I look at the journals, the things that our kids got out of the Word of God and the things that I got out of the Word of God and the things that my wife got out of the Word of God can vary greatly because God's speaking to us about different things at different times. And it makes for a great discussion. Hey, Mitch, I love what you read this, wrote this morning. What's God speaking? We talk to me more about that. And it's just an incredible discipline that we've developed, not only in my own life, but in our family's life. And I would love for all of those that call Victory Church home, that this would become our discipline. You want to hear the voice of God? Get stuck into the Word of God. Amen. And so the seed in this parable represents His Word, but the soil represents the condition of our heart or our mindset. And so Jesus used this farming illustration, this farming metaphor to highlight His Word and people's receptivity to the Word of God. And so in order for us to hear the Word of God, Jesus is making some incredible points. The first thing is He's saying this, I believe. Number one, in order to hear the voice of God, He's saying this, you must have an open mind. You see, the hard soil represents a closed mind. As I've already mentioned, the farmers would be broadcasting their seed and what they would do, they would walk down these footpaths and the footpaths were that part of the ground that uh, was not good soil and they would walk down these footpaths and broadcast their seed to the right and to the left where the good soil was in order to reap a bumper harvest. But as they walked up and down this footpath, you can imagine the ground got harder and harder and harder. It became more and more compact. And as the seed fell on that hard, downtrodden ground or footpath, the seed would just sit on the top. And it was unable to penetrate the hardness of the soil. And like we've read from this translation, it says it came nothing more but bird seed. The birds of the air would come and just pick that seed off and it wouldn't take root, it wouldn't germinate. And this incredible potential that was in the seed was rendered useless because it couldn't penetrate the hardness of the soil. I think that re represents people today. I think the footpath 
that is both narrow and hard can represent our hearts from time to time. We can have hard hearts and we can have narrow minds. And you'll never truly hear the voice of God when your heart is hard and your mind is narrow or your mind is made up. Some of the causes of a closed mind might be pride. Just to help us recognise some of the hardness and where it comes from. Pride is that attitude that says, I, I, I know it all. Or I don't need your help. I think Dan did a brilliant job preaching this morning about the uh, upside down nature of the Kingdom of God. When he talked about, uh, in actual fact, you want to be strong, then you've got to learn to be weak. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. But if you're open-minded, you begin to see actually the incredible strength that's found in our weakness. When we humble ourselves before God, we can actually be strong, bold and very courageous. So we've got to deal with our pride. We've got to deal with our fear. I, I, I say this often. We can actually do many things out of pride and we can do many things out of fear. In actual fact, you can do many Christian disciplines out of pride and fear. You know, we just had a moment where we took up the offering and received our giving tonight. You know, you can give out of pride. You can sit there and say, hey, Mick, watch this. I'm putting in more money than you. Pride. You might want everyone to know that you're the biggest giver. You're the most generous person. And it can be nothing more than pride. And you can not, and you can give Oh, sorry, um, you can give out of fear. If I don't give, uh, God's not going to love me. And you can also not give out of pride. You can say, I'm not going to give tonight. I've worked really hard for my money. And you can not give out of fear. If I give, I'll have nothing left for myself. So fear and pride are not good motives for trying to obey the Word of God. And not only... Is fear and pride a way that hardens our heart? Also bitterness. You know, uh, I was talking to a friend on the front row here. Haven't seen him for a while. It's great to have you with us, Matt. And, and uh, he was just uh, commending me for a service he attended while we were away. And I just thanked him for the incredibly encouraging text that he got. I said, oh man, I, I realise you must get a few negative ones over the years. So it's only, it's only natural for me to want to give you a positive one, which I, which I, I really do appreciate. But, but I'll be honest with you, I think if you hang around anywhere for long enough, 25 years in one place, you can get bitter if, if you let some of the negativity rub off on you. You can get disappointed, you can get disillusioned. And that's what we see in marriages, it's what we see in families, it's what we see in businesses, it's what we see in anything when you hang around long enough. Because if you hang around long enough, you're going to see the good, the bad and the ugly. And uh, if we have truly great deep relationships, that's what's going to keep us when we do begin to notice some of the bad and some of the ugly, because it's always there. And so I, I just want to encourage you. One of the things that's kept me fresh is being mindful that in order to keep my heart from getting hard, I've got to fight against pride. I've got to fight against fear. And I've got to fight against the bitterness. And I want to tell you, as a pastor, I'm not immune to those things. Because if I want to hear God's voice, I've got to keep my heart soft. I've got to keep my mind open. If we're to cultivate the ability to hear God's voice, the first thing we've got to do is have an open mind. And the best way to do that is humble yourself. In James chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The word of God can save you. The Word of God can heal you. The Word of God can deliver you. Who wants to hear the voice of God? Well, let's guard against 
our hearts getting hard and our minds getting narrow and closed. Amen. Secondly, we must take time to listen. Oh. See, the rocky soil represents a superficial mind. It had a shallow root system and it talks about that it grew quickly, but because there's no roots, it dies quickly. It pops up quickly, but it dies quickly. And I think it represents so many people that I've seen over years that uh, have had a touch from God, but they're not transformed by God. I think so many of us want to touch at the expense of what God wants to do, and that is bring transformation in our life. God doesn't want to just touch you. God wants to see your life transformed with the power of God at work in our lives. And as a result of this touching but not transforming, we see people acting superficially. They react emotionally. They're moved impulsively. And they are led by their feelings. Feelings are wonderful. Feelings are God-given. But if we are led by our feelings, and, and I think most people confuse the voice of God with what they feel. And, and this series hopefully will help us navigate the difference between what I am feeling versus what God is saying. In actual fact, I found this to be true over X amount of years. Quite often what I'm feeling is not what God's saying at all. You know, when you feel like running away, God's saying stay. When you feel like, uh, you know, staying, God's saying, no, it's time to move. And, and it's, it's often the opposite. And so in order for us to truly hear God, it's going to take time to listen. God does want to speak to us. And I think, you know, if I said, who would love to hear the voice of God? Who would love God to speak to them? I think most of us would say yes, but the little clause at the bottom would be, as long as it doesn't take too long. <laughs> I would love to hear from God, but I'm a busy guy. And if God can speak to me tonight in five minutes, that, that'd be fantastic. And if it can be a favourable message, that'd be even better. And I think often we don't hear the voice of God because we're in too much of a hurry. Andre and I had the incredible privilege last year of doing a trip to the States where we went to Pastor Chris Hodges' church in Alabama for the GROW conference. And we had an opportunity to go to different states while we were there. And, and I remember flying over LA and, and you get this incredible panoramic, panoramic view of LA. And think, wow, it's amazing. But it, it, it's, it's, it was a distant view and, and it was just a fleeting view. And, and to say we saw LA in that moment would have been true. We did see it. We saw it from 33,000 feet and we saw it very quickly. But then we landed. We found a hotel. And then we started to walk the streets of Los Angeles. And we got to meet some of the people. And we began to experience things that we never experienced when we was in the plane. Both of them was an LA experience. But I've got to be honest with you, one was so much more deeper. One was so much more meaningful. One gave us so much more pleasure. And yes, God can speak to you on the run. And yes, you can have your audible Bible while you're driving. That, that, that's, there's a place for that. But if that's all you ever read the Word of God, I don't know that you're going to hear God in the same manner of sitting down, reading your Word with no distraction. Because I've got to be honest with you, for me to listen to the Word of God when I'm driving is not pretty. <laughs> I just like, listen, 
In the beginning, God said, Oh, get out of the way, mom, mom, It's just too many things going on. So for those of you who say, oh, I listen, I read the Bible every morning on my way to work. That's, I think there's a place for that. But that's all you've got. I don't know if our ability to hear God's voice is going to be at the same level as He would desire it. We definitely saw, didn't we, Andre? We definitely saw LA from 33,000 feet. And, and we could say we saw it. But I want to tell you, when we took our time and walked the streets and met some people and hired a bike and rode along the foreshore and stopped off and started having conversation with some of the locals, I want to tell you, our experience of the city of Los Angeles was so much greater as we took our time and didn't just fly through it or fly over it. And I think sometimes we just fly over the Word of God. We fly through it. And we're never going to hear God truly. The rocky soil represents a superficial mind. And so how do we, how do we truly hear the voice of God? We've got to make time. And I've already mentioned from the age of 15, the first thing I do, it's a, it's a habit of mine and it's a pattern in our church. All of our kids are very well aware that the first thing that mum and dad are going to be doing in the morning, they'll find us sitting on a couch reading our Bible. That's, that's just where they're going to find us first thing in the morning. In actual fact, even our dog knows that. <laughs> our dog will just be very compliant while we are reading the Bible. He just knows. We're just, he's, he, he, in, his, in his dog language, he's like, <laughs> they're going to read the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and, but the moment Cass shuts the Bible, he starts barking because he knows that's time for walk. But he knows walks come after the Word. If you want to hear God's voice, I would encourage you to make time every day to connect with Him through His Word. I would say church attendance on a regular basis. You know, one of the things that has declined over the years, not just in America, but also I'm finding it here in Australia, people's regularity of coming to church is not what it used to be. Back in the day when we first started our church, people would come to church on Sunday religiously and they would often come twice on Sunday. Now people are lucky if they come once a month. I'm telling you, it's going to be harder to hear God if church is not a priority for you. Why? Because it's a priority to God. And if we don't prioritise what He prioritised, why would He share deeper things with us? Why do we say, God, speak to me? He said, I did. Go to church, but you don't do that. And, and church is not my idea. It wasn't like all the pastors created this idea of church. It's God's idea. And what I love about Jesus, the Bible says, He went to the temple as was His custom. Every week Jesus was found in the temple, worshipping his Father in heaven. It was his uh, discipline and regularity. And I think we should have a discipline and regularity when it comes to hearing the voice of God. And also I think a, a great way to grow in our understanding of hearing God's word is getting involved in a small group. And I want to say, if you're not involved in a small group in this church, get yourself involved straight after this service. Make yourself known. We'd love to point you in the right direction and get you connected to a small group. So we must take our time to listen. Number three, must eliminate the distractions. The soil, uh, the soil with weeds represents a preoccupied mind. God often can't get through to it to us because we're just too busy in our minds. We're too preoccupied. How many, if we're honest, are usually worried about something? We find ourselves always thinking about something, always planning something, always doing something. 
in order for us to hear God, we've got to choose to eliminate the distractions. Now, I'm going to say this again. I started with this, that Christianity is a relationship. It's not a list of rules and regulations of what you must do or must not do. But we're talking about cultivating a relationship with God. And in order to have a relationship with God, you've got to make time to be with Him. So it's not a, you must do this. But hey, if you want to to grow in in your ability and cultivate the ability to hear God's voice, there's some things we've got to do. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. We've got to eliminate the distractions. The Bible says it was as they went, they were choked by the weeds. How many of us are always on the go? It says as they were on the go. How many of us find we're always on the go? And the Bible highlights three areas that often cause us distraction. The first one is worry. How many of us really, if we're honest, worry about so much? You know what they say about worry? 90% of what we worry about doesn't even happen. The Bible says in Matthew, why worry at all? Because you can't even change anything anyway, all the things that we worry about. What stops us hearing the voice of God? Worry. says riches. How many times do we just work so hard to pay bills and, and to build a business? So, some people are too busy building a business, they forget to build a life. Yeah. Are we serious about hearing the voice of God tonight? Come on, band, come up here. That'd be great. And the other one was pleasure. You know, there's a lot of people who are just pursuing fun. You know, I got saved in my teenage years and I was involved in a youth group, not as good as our youth group is today. I mean, it's just amazing, led by two incredible people in Dan and Ashari Magor, doing a great job. But I think about some of the people that we did life with back then and what we weren't going to do to change the world and the songs we sang and the conversations that we had and the messages that we amened. And then over the years, you see them fall off one at a time, little by little, slowly but surely. And some 35 years later, I think, where are some of those people? And I think it's what Jesus was talking about, the worry, the riches, and the pleasures of this life get in the way of us making a difference in this world. I don't know about you. But I, I still feel the same as that young kid who wanted to make a difference in this world. Yeah. Thankfully, I, I've grown. I've got more maturity. I've got some wisdom that I never had then. And that should all serve to advance the kingdom, not hinder the kingdom. But if we don't take the Word of God seriously, we're going to allow all these things to step in the way and stop us hearing God. Is there anything wrong with pleasure? No, not at all. Not unless it gets in the way of your relationship with God. Is there anything wrong with riches? No, not at all, as long as it doesn't get in the way of God. And even worry is not all bad. I mean, because some worry, in a godly sense, is just concern. And I don't know too many parents who aren't concerned about their kids or concerned about situations. You know, it's our concern that we want our kids to have a good education, that we check out certain schools. That, That can be a good thing as long as it's not unbridled and just left to our own devices. And, and so these things in the Word of God aren't always necessarily bad, but they do become unhelpful when they become a distraction to the things of God. And so how do we respond to that? Well, we just need to take time and be quiet. You know, God rarely shouts. 
I think God likes to speak quietly for the most of the part. And we see that. Elijah, the prophet, went out one day to hear God and, and this earthquake came and, and God was not in the earthquake. And, and this fire came and God wasn't in the fire. And this mighty wind came. All these spectacular things. Oh, God must be into those things because God loves the spectacular. I think sometimes if we're honest, we, we like the spectacular more than we actually like God. And the Bible says that God wasn't in any of those things. And then there was this gentle whisper. And Elijah covered his head and walked out knowing that this is the voice of God. Do you know why God speaks in a whisper most of the time? I'll tell you why. It's so beautiful. It's because he's close. <laughs> you think about it. <laughs> Sorry, camera people. If I'm close to someone, I don't have to shout. <laughs> I mean, you think about our prayer meetings most of the time. I mean, God's here. Father, we thank you. It's like, it's crazy. Now, Let's just imagine I wanted to get mixed attention and I'm a, I'm a ways away. Sorry, the camera's going to be a shocker. This, this video is not going to work too well. Sorry about that. So, hey, Mick. Now there's a bit of distance, so I lift my voice. Mick. Hey, Mick. Yeah. But you know what? The closer I get, the closer I get. It does seem ridiculous now. So, hey, Mick. It does get ridiculous. We're close. Hey, Mick. Go to the gym on Saturday? Yeah, what we're going to work out? Back and buys. Back and buys, like that. That's what we always do. <laughs> hey, Morgan. You good? Norm? Norm, in the 25 years of our church, is still one of my fondest memories when it comes to someone giving their life to Jesus. It took him about 18 months. At least. At least. <laughs> and there's a massive celebration in the church. But this is how God wants it. He's not in heaven shouting, He's here, He's present. God wants to speak to us in a whisper. Why? Because He's here. Now, that's not to say for all of you, who say, see, that's why I don't shout in church. That's why I don't shout in prayer meetings. No, there's times, because I'll be honest with you, when we're in the gym with Mick, sometimes he's close, but the encouragement, it's like, come on, Mick, push, push, one more, one more. So there's times to lift your voice. And there's times in our excitement and our belief, we, we do lift our voice. But it shouldn't always have to be a shout. And God shouldn't have to always do the spectacular. The longer you walk with Him, you just know He's there. As many of you would know, our 2016 as a church was a crazy old year. But because I've walked with God for so long, the one question I never ask God is, why is all this happening? I just never ask that. Because God was close the whole time. This I know, as much pain as I was experiencing, as close as I got to death, as the blood infection was taking hold of my body, this I knew, God never left me. And sometimes all I could raise was a whisper, but that whisper was loud enough for God to hear me. 
and be there for me. You truly want to hear God's voice? Can I discourage us to just to settle? To create some time. Again, I love the television. I've got no problems with the radio or record players. Isn't it amazing that record players are coming back? I think it's so funny. Nothing wrong with all that. But if you can't stand a little bit of silence, and you always have to be on the go doing something or listening to something, it's going to be harder for God. Not to speak, but for us to hear. In actual fact, God's never had a problem speaking. It's like my wife. <laughs> All these tough men. <laughs> yes, amen. amen. God's never had a problem speaking. I tell you where the problem lies. It's, it's with you and me. Which brings us to the fourth and final point, and that is you must obey what you hear. The good soil represents a willing mind. You know what a willing mind is? It's a decision that makes a premeditated yes. This is what I've learned about God with walking with him for so many years. He'll speak to me because he knows I'm going to say yes. So God, I, I know that every time you speak to me, I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to say yes. And, and sometimes on a real bad day, you've heard me say this before, sometimes it's like a yes, but it's a yes nonetheless. I, I think a great decision tonight in order for us to hear the voice of God like we've never heard before, he's just making a decision. When God speaks, I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to fight him. Because let's be honest. In your relationship with people, if, if they're going to fight you every time you say something, pretty soon you can say, forget it. I just won't say it anymore. I, I know as a pastor, people come to me for advice all the time. The trouble is they've already made up their mind. Some guys come to me with their ring on the finger and say, hey, what do you think if I get married to someone? I said, what do you mean, what do I think? You've got a ring on your finger. I'm not going I'm to, I'm not, I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. I'm not going to answer that question. It doesn't matter what I think. You've made a decision. There's no greater way and better position to be in in going to God and saying, will you speak? With a premeditated, yes, I'll do whatever you say, Lord. This is a hundredfold return that Jesus is talking about. See, see, God wants us to know Him and in order for us to know Him, we have to talk to Him. And God also wants us to share Him. To share Him with others. And in order to do that, we've got to talk to others about Him. And I'm just so grateful to God for the incredible opportunity that we have in 2019 here in the city of Adelaide where the majority of people are not Christians, we have an opportunity to get to know God and to make Him fully known. Will you stand with me this evening? This is what I know about this verse. I conclude with this thought. These four attitudes... These four soils that Jesus highlighted are not four different kinds of people. They're actually four attitudes. And they're four attitudes that can live in each and every one of us on any given day. I think we like to say, oh, I'm the, I'm the last guy. Nah, 
depends what day it is. I would love to tell you that, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm the good soil. But I'll be honest with you, sometimes in some moments where I just worry like heck. And there are some days where just distractions get in the way. And there are some days, I've got to be honest with you, I mentioned that I've been reading my Bible since I was 15. There are some mornings I read my Bible. I shut my Bible and it's like, it didn't even, it didn't even take root. How many of you have ever done that? I think, what did I just read? That can happen to me after all these years while I'm leading a church. I don't sit here to tell you how good I am. This is a constant battle. I know I can be guilty of all four of those attitudes. And if you feel the same, then be encouraged. This is what I know to do. When you're worried, just recognise it. Just recognise it. The Bible says it this way, to give your worries to Him. When you've read the Bible and nothing stood out, just be honest about it. Don't say, I read my Bible, tick now. I might just go back and say, oh, it was never about reading your Bible, it was about meeting with you. And I just felt I rushed through that. I didn't get anything out of it. Just go back and reread. See, I can be guilty of all these things, but it's recognising them. Because the desire is not to tick boxes. The desire for me is to get to know Him. And in order to get to know Him, I've got to hear from Him. And so when the distractions creep in, we make the adjustments. When the worry creeps in, we make the adjustments. When we're just, just so just bombarded with thoughts and I read and it doesn't germinate, doesn't hit my heart, we make the adjustments so that we might have a hundredfold return on reading the Word of God. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 